What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of SDGC After Hours. Tonight, we will be going into even more next-gen speculation and news. It's been a busy couple months in terms of uh, what we can expect from both Sony and Microsoft. I think the best thing to do is to start with who's with us. We've got Sam Tolbert from Windows Central. Sam, thanks so much for being here with us. Absolutely, guys. I'm happy to be here again. Any excuse I can get to talk about next-gen stuff or games with you guys is always a good time. Absolutely. It's it's a pleasure to talk. And, of course, we're here with Justin also. Hey, Justin, how's it going? Good. How are you guys doing? I'm good. And, of course, I'm Zach. So, Justin, I think I want you to start. Last week, Kotaku broke some major news that we've been hearing some rumors about. Can you talk us, to, uh, talk us through that? Yeah, so um, Jason, uh, Jason Trier uh, posted an article saying that his sources indicate to him that uh, one of PlayStation's major AAA um, exclusives, Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, is going to be getting a port to PC sometime this year. Um, there had been some rumblings and speculation about this, um, given that uh, Death Stranding, which is built on the same technology base as Horizon, is getting a PC port. Um, but this is the first like kind of really reputable um, evidence we've had towards it. Uh, Sony has not commented uh, about this at all yet. Um, which doesn't really surprise me. It seems like the kind of thing that they'd want to introduce on their own time where they can kind of more clearly lay out their strategy for it. But, um, no, it's really interesting because, you know, there has been some mention in the past of them kind of dabbling in some PC releases. Uh, Even just coming up this year, we have that uh, Predator game, uh, which is launching simultaneously on PS4 and PC. Um, but this is the first of like one of their big single player like headline franchises um, getting moved to other systems, which is really interesting news. Um, I'm excited for more people to get to play it. Um, it's personally one of my favorite games of this generation, so I'm excited for more people to get a chance to play it. But it has some really interesting implications for Sony and what their business strategy is going forth. And I guess this isn't a total surprise. Of course, like you were saying, we've known Predator was coming to PC uh, day and date with the PlayStation version. But also, we got some confirmation just before Death Stranding launched on PS4 last year that the game would also be coming to PC in June of this year. So it's interesting to see them kind of announce, I mean, both on the same engine too. Sam, what do you make of this? I think it's interesting. Uh, It's extremely interesting. It's easy to view this as Sony first now, like, dipping their toe in the water, but I actually think this sort of thing has been in the planning for more time than this. It's just that we're now hearing about it because we're about to, you know, begin the transition to a new generation. The last full year of the PlayStation 4 life cycle is over this year. The PS5 and uh, other next-gen consoles begins. So I think what this is is just the first early report of something that Sony is planning. Uh, From Jason's excellent report, it sounds like they're planning on bringing it to both Steam and Epic, so it'll be uh, PC launcher agnostic, at least in terms of the two big, big uh, third-party launchers out there that most games are going to these days, one way or another. And then, I doubt Horizon Zero Dawn's going to be alone. It'll probably be accompanied by some other uh, small titles or older games. I don't know. I'm just spitballing maybe Killzone Shadowfall 
Until Dawn, I think would be a good candidate. Both of those are Decima Engine games, and the other game that we know is going to PC is also on the Decima Engine, that is Death Stranding, even if that's not being directly published by Sony. Maybe some other small ones like Ratchet and Clank, but the point is, uh, we've actually had comments from, well, Sean Layden, who's no longer with PlayStation, but Sean Layden, Jim Ryan, and some others in the past have indicated that they might need to expand the platforms for some of their games to see greater success, to give them more of a lift, even if PlayStation is the primary focus. So I think this is just an early beginning report on what will likely be a greater but gradual shift. And Justin, do you have that that quote from Sean Layden when he was talking about the PlayStation brand's evolution? Yes. Um, so uh, he said that exclusive titles will absolutely be a part of the company's strategy, but some games, particularly multiplayer titles designed to be played on personal computers, may see broader distribution. We must support the PlayStation platform. That is non-negotiable. That said, you will see in the future some titles coming out of my collection of studios, which may need to lead into a wider install base. Um, and we actually do have um, an announcement uh, that came, uh, what was it? month or two ago yeah just i think it was december so just after they announced that stranding yep so um mlb the show which has been a big money maker for sony it's not really one of their loud um triple a franchises because it is a, a, a licensed sports game but mlb the show was going to be moving to other platforms and both the nintendo and xbox um uh social media accounts <laughs> were tweeting about it um, as well when that happened. So, again, that that's a case, like with Predator, where there is a license involved um, from a third party um, that could be, you know, an element to that. But, like, that's something that would make a lot of sense for a cross-platform release, something that has a lot of microtransactions. Um, but also... Th- like, there's no way that Sony's going to be losing money on that game going multi-platform. <laughs> Right, and, and obviously, uh, like, there's there's a huge passionate base for MLB The Show, but that one seems like such yeah. a slam dunk for them because there are people who, who love that sport and want to play as their favorite teams, but nobody, very, I shouldn't say nobody, fewer people are likely to go out and buy a PlayStation console just to play MLB The Show. Uh, so it, it just makes sense that, of course, why not, you know, port it to platforms? Um, I don't know. It, it just seems like an obvious one. Yeah, Sports it's, games it's always not do one well multi-platform. Yeah, it's not it's not one of those ones that's like a big, like system seller. But it's um, the money is in the microtransactions. Of, but it's a money maker. The yeah. money is in the microtransactions, I imagine, for the most. Oh part. yeah, I mean they, they make a lot of money off of microtransactions in that game. I, I was gonna say Sony has been pretty great about that this generation in terms of not putting even their games that have multiplayer first party, uh, not weighing them down with microtransactions but obviously sports games as ea has shown for uh the better part of a decade uh those most passionate players are willing to spend that money so it, it makes well, sense and like and nba 2k makes just ginormous amounts of money off of right. microtransactions right so it, it, it seems like presumably with horizon zero dawn uh not yet confirmed but all but pretty much you know we can assume that's happening so between predator uh, Death Stranding and now Horizons Are Dawn. It feels like in the first six months of this year, we will probably see three PlayStation games, and then MLB. They said the the 2021 version, right? So 2021, not, right? So this so is it's next not spring. next year, but oh. the following year. Oh, okay, 
Okay, so so I mean. It's oh wait, so- no, sorry. I, no, it's not this year, but next yeah. year. Sorry, I misspoke. Right. No, you're okay. So it's, so it's first- January. I'm still doing the it's this year for 2019 thing. Well, so basically the first uh, the first the show for next gen in mind will be multiplat, which is fascinating. It's it's yeah. an interesting time and- to do it. And also just even looking at, you know, those games that we kind of have confirmation of, um, Horizon isn't 100% confirmed, but True. I very much trust Jason Schreier when he reports Jason. on something like this. Yeah. Um, and that, uh, like, even Death Stranding has a large social element to it um, that doesn't get talked about too much. So, again, that's kind of in that multiplayer tangential kind of thing. As well as it's a game that, um, you know, was contracted by a third party. I don't think you'll see any games hit PlayStation that aren't made by one of Sony's own studios that doesn't make it to PC within six months to a year at this point. I, I, I don't think that anybody's going to really be able to justify the cost of a console exclusive that doesn't also make it to pc it just seems like it's too much of an investment and not enough risk like the amount of money being paid out would have to be well over what the game is actually worth the days of the oh this third party exclusive comes to this console and this console only those days are over pc is simply too viable so i think you know since since this news from schreier broke there's also been a job listing that has some people maybe reacting a little uh a little too excitedly, um, uh, we don't have all the so, information, but we should talk about it. The Last of Us 2 uh, is slated to come out later this spring, um, but then there has been a listing for PC architecture around uh, NVIDIA GPUs. Justin, can you kind of talk us through this and why it might not mean what people think it does? Yeah, so um, I think people got a little bit um, excited with the news of Horizon. Obviously, something like Last of Us Part 2 coming to PC would be massive, massive news. Um, however, now, I don't think this is evidence against it. However, I don't think it's evidence for it. Like, it is a very bog-standard hiring for a GPU programmer that's experienced in modern GPU architectures and GPU um, functions. Um, I've seen this sort of posting hundreds and hundreds of times throughout the industry. Um, I think Naughty Dog themselves has used this phrasing for years Um, so I don't think that this is evidence of that happening. Now, do I think it could possibly eventually come to PC? Absolutely. Um, that's kind of the one thing that we haven't touched on is kind of where does this leave Sony's own games? Um, and I do kind of think that there's a chance that like the PlayStation release is almost like the theatrical release where the only place to see it right away is on PlayStation. And then, you know, years down the line, or, you know, maybe even just a year or something, it will come to PC. Um, I think that's probably the best way for a lot of developers to go about it. It gets them, you know, the extra profit from supporting multiple platforms. It keeps the initial development focused on PlayStation to provide a really strong um, experience that, you know, these studios are known for right off the bat. And then, you know, down the line, they can make the extra money from the port. What I do think we do will see soon from The Last of Us on PC is um, they've, you know, when they announced the first release date that didn't hold um, for Last of Us, 
they also mentioned that it would not be shipping with a multiplayer component. Um, and then they got a lot of negative feedback, and then they basically said that there is going to be a standalone multiplayer game uh, that is being released. I absolutely think that will see day and date release, or if not day and date, very quickly after release on PlayStation as well as PC. Yeah. And Sam, what do you think about that? I mean, to me, it seems like an inevitability. And if it's just a multiplayer component, it seems like a great way to drive people who like that multiplayer on PC to maybe pick up a PS5 and, and play it. What do you think? Yeah, I'm very much in line with what Justin is saying right now. That immediately, and we'll, again, we'll have to see, but immediately my thoughts are their back catalog aside because there's no point in not bringing all your back catalog over. Bring all those games over. Every single game you can. Bring them to PC. Get some more sales out of them more money than you'll get on PS4 at this point. But for new games moving forward, I think your multiplayer games, big or small, have to hit simultaneously. You want those player bases together. You want cross-play in them. You want to have a healthy user base, hopefully healthy microtransactions, if that's the route you're going. You want to make as much money as possible, get as many people active plus, as possible. Plus, that will also get more influencers and streamers. Absolutely. Like Absolutely. Show, and that's what I actually think is probably the core of this strategy, at least for multiplayer and like social games. I think so many of those players are based on PC. Absolutely. And I think you're absolutely right, Justin. I mean, if you look at a game, I mean, look at Microsoft strategy. I mean, they're not the exact same strategy, but if you look at a game like Sea of Thieves, I don't think you see Sea of Thieves having the success it has. They just announced 10 million lifetime players on that game. You don't see that success without streamers who have helped perpetuate and keep that game alive, I think. I mean, that, the game that would was probably the be exact, fine, but... That was the exact example I was going to use, Zach. That was literally the exact example, is like, it would have done well, but Sea of Thieves wouldn't have hit those same heights without the interest in streamers picking it up and showing it off on PC and some of that and stuff. Like, and I also think the kind of, like, tense tactical multiplayer that The Last of Us had would do very well with the PC crowd. Sure, absolutely, um, absolutely. The, the Very much the, as weird as it might sound, the Battle Royale crowd, the PUBG crowd, um, the, the maybe the, uh, I can't remember the name of that other game, Daisy. anyone who's still interested in that. Like, it yeah, seems similar uh, in terms of interest overlap. For the bigger games, though, to complete your question, Zach, I don't think they're immediately going to hit PC day and date. I, I don't see, I'll be shocked if Sony goes that route immediately. Not saying they won't eventually. They might eventually, but for now, for the next few years... For the years, foreseeable future. Yeah, for the yeah. foreseeable futures, the next five years, let's say, I think that they will come to PC anywhere from 6 to 12 months later, depending on the game. Like, if it's a smaller game, probably... Like, in the next Ratchet & Clank, probably just a 6-8 month delay. No, not really as much of a reason, but if it's something like The Last of Us Part Two, we're talking mid-2021 at the earliest. Maybe even, like, super early 2022. Maybe even 18 months. And, like, I think kind of continuing after Horizon. Um, so I think the timing of the announcement of this Horizon PC port is going to be interesting to watch because um, with PS5 um, news probably relatively soon, we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, it's been almost, it's been three years since that game came out. Um, I wouldn't be surprised surprised if a port of this also had the hey guess what you get to play this for this you know several year old game now but if you want to play the sequel you're gonna have to buy a ps5 to play it sometime soon um i absolutely think that's gonna be part of their strategy 
I wouldn't be surprised if we also see like God of War 2018, Spider-Man getting PC ports, um, as well as PS5 upgrades around the time when their sequels are announced and are building up marketing. So I guess that's kind of what my the question I want to pose to you guys because the way I see it, uh, you know, Sam and I think Justin, you've said the same thing. You speculate that ports to PC will come from six to eight months after initial release. But to me, I think there are two strategies that Sony's could, Sony could be going after. Are you looking to keep an investment in an IP, keep people coming to your multiplayer games? Or for single-player games, I actually think if you want people to buy a PlayStation 5, six months is actually a pretty short window. And I think most PC gamers have shown that they're willing to wait on big games I wonder if six months is too short of a window for some people. Some people might just say, yeah, I could buy a PS5 and play Last of Us Day 1, or I can wait six months for it to jump onto PC, and I don't have to spend which, 400 bucks. I, it'll be interesting to see what, how they how they deploy that strategy. Which is, which is why I think for the heavy hitters, it won't be less than a year. No, no. Like, when I said six to 12 but, months, to be clear, like six months is the shorter end for your smaller yeah, Japan like, studio-esque, maybe ex-dev so, collab games. Something, yeah, something like Concrete Genie, which was a small game, is something I could see getting, you know, a day and date release or within six months getting a port. Um, We also haven't touched on how this factors into something like PlayStation Now. Like, I have been saying I expect it to kind of transition into being more of a Game Pass-like service um, within the next couple years, um, sooner than later. And, like, this could be a factor in that as well. Right. Well, and I feel like that kind of just matches the the greater context of the industry, which is that Sony is not play-for-play following what Microsoft did a couple of years ago, but it's hard to ignore some of the parallels between the pivot to PC, or at least seeing PC as a complementary part of your core platform. Um, Sam, can you kind of walk us through some of the parallels you see, and then also contextualize that to Game Pass, and then also some of uh, Xbox Series X news that we've seen in the last couple of months? Sure. So that's a lot. Uh, so breaking it Sorry. down, basically three. Ch- no, no, it's fine. But uh, breaking it into a couple of basic chunks for starters, Xbox actually had a very similar thing happen, but it was just removed a few years back. It was over the course of 2016 and 2017, uh, and it does come, of course, before anyone says anything, with the additional nuance that Microsoft has made PC games in the past. Age of Empires, Flight Simulator. Those are not exactly small names in the PC space. Those are big, big, big names. So there is that additional context bearing down. Nevertheless, in 2016, you started to see a handful of new uh, Xbox games come to PC as well. Quantum Break, I believe, was the first, if I'm remembering correctly. It was a very big deal. It had a Windows 10 port. That's right. uh, Used the Windows Store. There was some hubbub I don't want to get into (laughs) from many people. It it did eventually go to Steam, too. It did eventually go to Steam, but that was well later. That was well. Okay, I, and that's I, a I second. Re- that's a second part. Yeah, of the whole I, I thing couldn't that, remember exactly what the whole deal with Quantum Break was. Right, right. Um, it was just Windows Store first, and then Steam like a year, eighteen months later, something like that. And then all of their games. Uh, I believe it was at E3 2016. Phil Spencer made it very clear: all of our games are going to come to Windows 10 at launch. They'll come to the Windows Store. So that meant things like Recore, Forza Horizon 3, Gears of War 4. Uh, there's probably something I'm forgetting right now, but like those games came day and date. Then uh, Forza uh, Motorsport 7, the very next year, that came as well in 2017. 2018, you saw it con- continue with Sea of Thieves. 
Now, in 2018, this is where Game Pass takes off. A lot of people don't remember. Game Pass was actually announced and was a thing halfway through 2017. No one knew about it back then because... It was largely alert, indies, right? Yeah, it was largely indies mm -hmm. and then a handful of other games like Halo 5 and stuff like that, but no one was interested and where not many people were interested. So then, in, right before Sea of Thieves came out, like two weeks before Sea of Thieves came out, something like that, Phil Spencer made the big announcement that, hey, moving forward, all of our first-party games are going to launch day and date into Game Pass. And that probably played a big role in Sea of Thieves getting a kickstart, in addition to the fact that Sea of Thieves was on PC. I thought Crackdown was the first one that Crack had... Crackdown 3 Head. was a uh, 2019 game. Yeah, Crackdown 3 is actually... Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. See, yeah, see, it might have originally been planned to, but that's not the way it turned out. Uh, the yeah. way it turned out, Sea of Thieves was the first one. The State of Decay okay. 2... For some reason, after. in my head, I thought they came out, like, two months apart or something. No. 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 Okay. Oh, no. Oh, okay, no. I'm just wrong, then. No, All right, good. sorry. It's okay. Um, and so, State of Decay 2 followed suit very shortly thereafter, Forza Horizon 4. And anecdotally, uh, Phil Spencer did note that it seems like uh, Game Pass is actually having a very positive effect on the sales of some games. Doesn't mean it's a guaranteed success, but it's interesting to note for context of the argument. And then that led into early 2019, where the third and final step of the whole Game Pass and Microsoft Games on PC part comes in. And that's when they announced that moving forward, they would have Game Pass for PC. So it wasn't just, oh, if this game happens to be in Game Pass, then you can download the PC version, because that's what had been happening previously. It was just a couple of things here and there. It was, hey, we are natively working with developers to and publishers, big publishers like Paradox Interactive and Bethesda Softworks, to get Windows ports of those games, Win 10 ports of those games, but not tethered to the Windows Store. Tethered to a completely new app, very bare bones, just Game Pass for PC, and spoiler alert, it made a lot of people really happy. <laughs> people were very happy that they didn't have to use the bloated mess that was the Windows Store anymore. Games tended to, to run a lot better that way, and so that attracted attention. And then they also announced that, hey, if you don't want to put up with this at all, you can just buy them on Steam. But that uh, if you want to take advantage of the Game Pass part of things and just you know get the subscription and get the games that way, then you have to play on Win 10. So that's the trade-off. And so... Going over all that, condensing that history lesson, so to speak, it seems to me that Sony is trying to learn from the issues Microsoft had and sort of their uh, their teething problems, if you will, in the PC gaming space. And they're because Schreier's report said that they're bringing uh, their games or Horizon Zero Dawn, anyways, directly to Steam and the Epic Store. Although plans could change, if that's the case at least for the foreseeable future, it seems to me like Sony is not going to be building their own launcher. Doesn't mean they never will, but it seems to me like it's just a, okay, let's port it off, get the additional sales there, rather than having to bother with that. Well, yeah, for me, like, I don't think Horizon Zero Dawn, like, as much as I love the game, I don't think it's, like, the type of title that would excite the PC market in a way that they would you know, move to a new launcher. Well, and so what I'm interested to see, and I don't think Schreier's report touched on this, but obviously um, uh, 505 is publishing Death Stranding on PC. What I haven't taken note of, and I'm curious to see if you guys know, 
is Sony natively publishing Predator and yeah. uh, presumably Horizon Zero Dawn on PC, or are they working with third-party publisher? Do we know definitively? Predator, we know for a fact, is being published by Sony Interactive Entertainment. That is them. That's 100% On them. PC and console? On PC and console. The Epic Game Store listing of the game that I have pulled up right now says Sony Interactive Entertainment as the publisher. So is that and their first I, PC published game? If we're, they if we're not something, counting... They published something... I can't even remember. It has heroes in the name. It's got like a 47 on Metacritic. Ready, said heroes? Or am I thinking of something else? No, it's something else. Uh, okay. Like I can't remember. It's on the Epic Store, okay. and it's it's like it's an indie multi. Like, it's a it's an indie game that they published. This is the first notable game. game. Let's put it that okay. way. This, this is this is, is the first game. game that like I think people will know. Okay, yeah, this is the first. And published. I struggle. I really struggle to believe that they won't be the ones publishing all their other games. I totally, really have totally. I just wondered. That. I I think that like if Sony is going through the trouble of becoming their own publisher rather than working with a contractor like Five Hundred Five, it clearly shows that they have you know if they're not willing to um to give up that thirty percent cut to a publisher, then they're probably pretty serious about getting involved on the platform. You know what I mean? Sure, absolutely. And like I said, I don't want to rule out that they could eventually make their own launcher if they get tired of giving thirty percent or twenty five percent, whatever it is, to, on Steam and eighteen percent on Epic's Game Store. It's possible they could get tired of that and get decide to get involved. I just don't see that, again, for the foreseeable future. It seems to me like it's just going to be an approach of, okay, just port them over. Just We don't right. want to deal with a storefront problem, which also, in turn, leads me to believe that, unlike Microsoft, if you want to play their PC games natively, you're going to need to buy the ports on the Epic Game Store or on Steam. Otherwise, you're just if you have PlayStation now, you're just going to be streaming them to your PC. I don't think they're going to offer native PC downloads through PlayStation Now immediately. Um, And I do wonder how that will affect adoption, but I don't know. I can only speculate there. Well, so I guess this is my other question, and we'll kind of... Well, yeah, I think we'll start here. Um, I... I'm so curious to see when Sony will take the time to outline what their their plan is, because right now people are stuck doing what we're doing, which is speculating. Uh, Do you guys think that we will see Sony address some of their rumors around PC at the PS5 reveal event, or do you think that would take some of the interest away from the PS5? Do you think it'll be a separate announcement at a later date? When is the right time to announce this in reference to the PS5 without stealing its thunder or overshadowing it? Um, I think well, before we dive into oh. that, can I give a quick... Uh, did you want me to go over the Game Awards stuff yet, or did you want me to do that later? Well, I, you know, I kind of wondered if we should circle back to that after we finish talking about Sony Speculation. Okay. But, but, but yeah. yeah, we can contrast that All right, we'll, we'll come back. Justin, we'll come go back. ahead. Go ahead, Justin. So, I think... What I think is probably most likely going to happen is we get the PlayStation 5 reveal first. I do not think that talking about porting their games to PC alongside announcing the PlayStation 5 is a good strategy. Um, I think that they want to make it clear that PlayStation is still their main focus. I think that, and I think probably also in the case of Horizon Zero Dawn, you know, they might be showing off the sequel, but I also wouldn't be surprised if they show, hey, look at how PlayStation 5 is going to enhance this game. So that when they announce the PC version, it's not like it, they're not saying, hey, look at how much better this is than the PlayStation version. They can talk about how enhanced for both the platforms. PS5 version and the PC version are both very enhanced over the PS4. Sure. 
Um, I think that's probably the most likely. And I think that'll probably be more even like a PlayStation blog post or something. I think state of play, PlayStation meeting, their big, like, conf- their big, you know, main events are going to be mainly focused on PlayStation for the foreseeable future. So you think yeah, they might under- uh, they're, they're going to underplay it, you think, Sam? As much as I don't want them to, like, I'm, I am in the camp of I would like them to just have an extra long PlayStation meeting and address this, but at the same time, unfortunately, I'm forced to concede and agree with Justin, because I don't think much of their fan base is going to share my opinion, and I think they need to address it separately. I can totally see them doing it in a blog post. Like Justin said, I can totally see that being just a lengthy blog post outlining, hey gang, we're bringing some games to PC moving forward. Whatever they do though, whether it's video, whether it's state of play, whether it's blog, whether it's thrown in with PlayStation meeting, I do think they need to be clear. They can't just say, oh, well, it's these particular games and leave it up in the air what the strategy is. They need to provide a decent outline for here's what you can expect from us moving forward. So I think that's what their fan base needs. Here's what I think they'll do, and I think this is kind of speaking to both of what you're talking about. Um, I think that it would be underselling it to put it on a PlayStation blog post, but what I think they could do, and I think they would need Mark Cerny to do it, I think that they could sit down with Wired again, separately from talking about PS5, and talk about how porting and building games for PC helped them inform the smartest way to build the PS5. And then they can kind of use it as an opportunity to talk about both things. I think going through a third-party publisher like they've been close with Wired would allow them to get a more in-depth look, let them still frame it in their own words, but still keep the credibility of a third-party kind of covering it. I think that would be a good middle ground, and I think it's a strategy they've leaned on twice now since last year when they first started talking about PS5, right? Yeah, that, that's actually, I actually like that a lot. That's a good idea. Yeah, that would be fine. I'd be okay so, with that. So, Cerny, just reach out and, uh, you know, maybe we'll we'll see if we can make that happen. But Yeah, yeah Cerny, <laughs> give us a call. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. We're happy to talk to you, champ. <laughs> yeah, but no, I, I think that would be fascinating. But now, to go back to your, your earlier point, Sam, I think it's crucial that we contextualize this. It's been a really unusual uh, uh, run up to next-gen console launches, and I think a lot of that starts, yes, with Wired last year with Sony first giving their details there uh, on a random Tuesday morning last April, but also Microsoft finally showed their hand in a way that was pretty unusual for them. Sam, uh, they made some waves at the Game Awards in December last year, right? Uh, yeah, making some waves might be an understatement of the year there in terms of 2019 because for people who don't know, it's not usual. You don't show your new console or exclusive next-gen footage and call it that at the Game Awards. It's just, it's never happened before. It's never happened before. But at the same time, all credit to Jeff Keighley and the work he's done, the Game Awards is massive. It's absolutely massive. It's bigger than any other award show. It's the only award show that is increasing its viewership year over year. So I tip my hat to him. He's, he's done a fantastic job with it. With that being said, it's the prime opportunity to show something off. And Jeff had this smug look on his face, uh, I remember as we were watching it, as he said, and then some things don't actually leak, and there are surprises still intact. And from there, it launched into this cryptic little teaser trailer that it quickly became apparent that it was the reveal for the next Xbox console, called the Series X. Uh, or one of their consoles, but that's, a, that's another discussion altogether that we'll get back to that later. The higher-end model, the Series X. 
And then that was accompanied by Phil Spencer coming out on stage, talking about how it would be available holiday 2020, and saying that they had one game that was early in development for the Series X and PC, which was Ninja Theory's Hellblade 2, a trailer that I think is still giving it some of us the shivers in a good way. Uh, I haven't been, I haven't seen... The tra- the, that trailer is awesome. I have not seen <laughs> the internet collectively go, oh, holy crap, to a trailer like that in a long time. Uh, it was it was very good. It definitely left its mark. Definitely leagues above, even if it's an engine render and not necessarily gameplay, easily well above anything we've seen yet so far. At least I, in my opinion, in terms of in-game graphics or engine renders or stuff like that. And this is very unusual for Microsoft because the general thinking, even that we discussed on our last recording, was that Microsoft was going to hold their own dedicated event. Maybe sometime after Sony, but that they'd hold an event to reveal the console. They still might. I think they still will hold a dedicated event, maybe sometime in April or May before E3, but now they've already sort of shown part of what they're doing. They've already gotten people talking, and they got people talking in a big way. And that's very unusual, and it definitely changes the status quo as as we moved into 2020. But Justin, I think one thing that that you could touch on that will kind of bring even more context to this conversation is part of what's helped color this, in addition to Microsoft coming out and showing their hand early, um, is also some spec leaks from both companies. Can you kind of run us through that uh, just at like a 500 feet level, not not too in-depth here? Yeah. So basically, we, we actually were able to talk about the spec leak um, on our last Next Gen episode. That was timing-wise, we were like right between that spec leak and the box reveal of the game awards when we recorded that. So um, just going over generally uh, is Microsoft with Series X is targeting um, a 3.6 gigahertz Zen 2 CPU uh, with eight cores and 16 threads, which is very, very nice. Thank the Lord. As well (laughs) as a, yeah, as well as a 12 teraflop um, uh, GPU. Again, also an excellent spec. uh, so we talk about that more in depth on the last episode, so I'm not going to get too in depth no, into that No, that's one. all we need. Yeah, yeah, And then context- um, contextualize that with Sony. And then we had a very bizarre leak <laughs> um, that actually came from an intern at AMD. Um, literally, their name and resume was included <laughs> with the, these details Rest in and peace. everything. Yeah. Uh, they did not have a good holiday break. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, basically, there are some IDs that have been associated with um, Sony and PlayStation devices before, and people were able to get some data from some benchmarking tests, which um, would put the PlayStation 5... There was no information about the CPU. Um, however, there was information that the GPU was 9.2 teraflops, um, which, to put that into actual performance, is still very impressive um in a console just not quite up to you know what microsoft is targeting with the series x um however there was also evidence that some features like ray tracing that have been confirmed um for playstation 5 were not present in those tests so these tests are strange for a few reasons um like like i said these are 100 percent legitimate like, there is no doubt in my mind that these are real tests done by AMD on some form of PS5 hardware. 
However, we're lacking context for if that reflects what the final box is going to be. Um, if it was a test for backwards compatibility, if it was some kind of weird just configuration tests, if it was a dev kit, we don't know. However, um, if they are targeting that performance level, um, it would kind of indicate that they might be targeting the 399 um, price point that has been very successful for PlayStation 4, um, whereas Series X might be tar targeting a higher price point. Right. And unlike last generation where Microsoft launched a weaker platform with a more expensive uh, uh, price tag, it actually seems like that would be reflective of their, of their power levels. Um, but I also think that that potential uh, uh, reality might color how the two talk about each other's consoles. Do you think, uh, Sam, I guess I'll start with you. Sam, do you think that Microsoft will show their hand about their specs concurrent, like uh, 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 fully before Sony shows their, their reveal? Or do you think they're still going to wait for Sony to reveal and then respond? This is very difficult. Uh, this is very difficult for me to say because... What I want to say goes against what I've seen of Microsoft in the last 12 months. That's the problem. Uh, we, we've seen a change. Again, The ver I can't overstate how different the Game Awards reveal was and how different and breaking tradition uh, that was. So honestly, if, and this is a big, big, major if, if Microsoft is sure that their console, their higher-end console anyways, is going to be significantly stronger than the PlayStation 5, I can totally believe them, not doing a reveal event, uh, no way they could do a reveal event at this point, but I can totally believe them making like an Xbox wire post or dropping a YouTube video in tangent with a wire post saying, by the way, here's our specs. I can't. But that depends on them being supremely confident. If there is any doubt whatsoever, and I can't know that without being Phil Spencer or one yeah. of the lead engineers, then they'll probably just wait. Yeah, because if they if they do that and like come out beating their chests, and then like a week later or something, Sony announces their specs and they're higher, um, it would be a bad like it would a be a supreme backfire. Yeah, also, it would be a supreme backfire. But also, it could backfire for other reasons, which is like even yeah. if Sony admits <laughs> that they have a less powerful console, but they talk about you know balance and offering you know consumers a reasonable price point. I mean, it's clear looking at the success. Obviously, the Switch is kind of a phenomenon. It's it's a mobile you know it's mobile, but it's home. It's you know it's not a one to one comparison. But clearly, the Switch indicates that people don't exclusively care about power. So if Sony comes out saying, yeah, we're not the most powerful, but we're doing X, Y, and Z that's unique it's gonna put Microsoft in a weird spot if all they're talking about is their power price point right I mean people people already understandably joke about the way Microsoft marketed the Xbox One X it'll be really fascinating to see if Sony comes out early like you like or I'm sorry if Microsoft comes out early like you uh kind of speculate here Sam it, it, it's there's so much well, there's so many different balls in the air right now being juggled in terms of what Sony is going for the games discussion and what the inevitable first year games lineup looks like for both and what there's a lot going into this there's I mean absolutely I, a lot going I, into I mean this. and also also right now I think they're both really hard to predict from a marketing standpoint like Sony is on their longest silent streak that ever. they've ever had yeah ever um i, I was actually and, talking and with you about this justin like if we don't yeah. count e3 if we count new announcements as the last conference they held because nothing new was actually announced at e3 2018 then the last conference they held was paris games week 2017 
Yeah. And we, they've also gone through several exec changes. That's what I was going to bring um, up, is I wondered how much that might <laughs> colored some of their communication plans. And so um, I think I mentioned this on like our predictions thing, but I think whenever they finally do come out with their PlayStation 5 announcement PlayStation meeting, I think it's going to be a big event. Because I think um, Jim Ryan, Herman Hulst um, are now you know in charge. Uh, Shuhei Yoshida is now moving over to indies um, from the first-party studios. I think all three of them are going to want to make a big statement about the future of PlayStation and the philosophy that they see for it. So I think all that's probably going to be laid out at the PlayStation event. Um, But it's really hard to predict because, you know, with Sony, they've been quiet for so long. They're really not letting anything slip. They're not commenting on any rumors whatsoever. Um... And there's different people in charge. Microsoft, with the Game Awards announcement, has shown they're going to be way more aggressive um, this time around. And they're also very forthcoming with information. Phil Spencer talks about next-gen plans all the time in almost every interview we've seen with him, um, basically for the past year. (laughs) Um, So it's going to be really fascinating to see, because I think right now we're at a situation where both of them keep kind of tipping their, putting their toe out a little bit farther than the other one. Right. And then seeing how the other one responds. And I think we're getting to the point where somebody just has to jump in the water and put everything out there. For context, everyone, we're recording this in the evening uh, on the 20th of January. Like now, I think I, I have think... I have publicly said, if you don't mind me saying, Zach, that no. I and I've told Zach and I've told Justin, I think Sony's going to announce their meeting on the last day of January. Just make it. That's what one, they did last time. Yep, one That's to what one they did last time with the PS4 announced. Now, if they have not announced it and we're in February, it's time to start asking some questions. But until then, watch them announce it on like the Monday after, because like the 31st is a Friday, right? Yeah, it's a Friday. So w- watch them wait till like February 3rd and do it that date or something. Of, of course, <laughs> of course. I mean, who knows? We we actually have a funny track record. If you look at the last time we released a next-gen speculation episode, I think that exact week, if not that exact next day we published it, we actually saw new major changes. I think we published it, like, the day before the Game Awards. Um, so, I mean, we, <laughs> I, we bo- have a both, weird track both record. Both times we've done this, yeah. Well, watch us get the announcement tomorrow. Well, I'll, um, I'll just, I mean, i just go so far as to say, I don't know if Sam is right that Microsoft would come out and undercut them if they're feeling confident on power, but I do want it to happen just purely because it's spicy. <laughs> like, it's just, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's such like, a bold move, even if it backfires. Give us, ha- give us hashtag content, Microsoft, come on. Yeah, please, come um, on. and also, like, just kind of going back on the, you know, power difference, uh, we haven't even touched on the fact that it has been heavily rumored, but... Not clear what the actual plans are, but it seems like Microsoft might be pursuing a two-tiered console strategy, with the Series X being the higher-priced flagship enthusiast model, and there being a lower-end model uh, codenamed Lockhart, um, probably going to be called the Series S, um, continuing the naming from the current gen, um, that would be announced, and... It's very strange that we haven't heard anything concrete about that. I think Microsoft really wants to avoid any kind of um, any kind of talk that they might not be con- considering power a significant uh, a part of the equation for next gen. 
I think the combination of price and power at the beginning of last gen, as well as some of their PR blunders, really, really kneecapped them for the entire generation. Um, and I think they want to make sure that they're focused on power, but I think at some point they're going to have to clarify their strategy with that or if they're going to do it. Um, I almost wonder if they're waiting to see where Sony lands spec and price wise, because, um, you know, when this, you know, first came out, you know, we kind of thought about maybe there's this 299 lower end Xbox, a 399 PlayStation 4. Oh, PlayStation 5 in the middle, and then a 499 Xbox Series X. Um, although if, you know, Sony has higher specs and a higher price tag, they might not need to undercut them that much because, you know, strategy-wise, it doesn't make sense if you're, you know, about, you know, comparable. I don't, I don't know. It's a, it's a weird situation. <laughs> I, it's very I guess, weird. Go ahead, Zach. Go ahead. I was just going to say that, and, and I, I won't hold you guys to this, and I still will admit personally that I think it's a little bit goofy. And I won't even say I think it's a good idea because I don't. I think that there is a non-zero chance that despite all of these rumors, Microsoft does not launch. In, in our last speculation episode, uh, I think I think the two, maybe even maybe even I agreed. Uh, we talked about that we expected Microsoft to launch uh, Anaconda and Lockhart uh, on the day and date at launch. I I think I'm ready to go so far as to say, listen, there's been rumblings from developers at third party who say that they haven't gotten any clarification on what Lockhart really is and they aren't specking around it quite yet. I'd go so far as to say, if Microsoft really expects this to be a launch title, they're deeply out of position and it's pretty risky for third party. I think that we won't see Lockhart at launch. I'm just and, and listen, I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm just saying that's how it reads to me at this point. Yeah, at this point cuz like also I think like you know, at launch, I don't think many of the people that would be buying a console would be going for a lower end model. Right. Um and it's also we haven't even mentioned the fact that Xbox has talked about, you know, um that they're pursuing cross-gen games for a year or from two. their first parties for, you know, a year or two. And, like, that puts Lockhart in a weird position where, you know, especially when compared to the current Xbox One X, um, it could be running at a higher frame rate and a lower resolution, um, but with more effects and faster loading. Like, it would be a very strange division between, like, it wouldn't be the cheapest way to play, like, Halo Infinite, but it also wouldn't be, you know... It, the best way like it, it would be like arguably a better way to play the game than the xbox one x but it's harder to market it because people yeah people have microsoft has trained everybody to be obsessive about resolution after releasing the one x so going back to saying no you should care about frame rate would be really hard so i, I, I will I, I will admit zach i still am apprehensive i want to be very clear i'm still apprehensive because if you're correct they have to be crystal clear in their communication like they have yeah. to be perfect with how they explain it but with the revelation that there will be a year of cross-gen, and, and I actually speculated this well beforehand. I said it was probably going to be fall 2020 to fall 2021, and that's what it's going to be. It'll be like November to November. There will be a year of cross-gen games, so Everwild will still come out on Xbox One. Um, whatever other games they have coming out in 2021 will still come out on base Xbox One, and then presumably Hellblade 2 or Playgrounds RPG will be in 2022 kicking off the next-gen only games. And if that's the case, I can remotely see how we arrive at the conclusion that once they cancel support for the Xbox One, they say, oh, but if you don't want to buy a $500, $450, whatever console, we have a cheaper way into next gen for you. 
I can see that, but they have to be crystal clear. I mean, and hell, they also need to be clear with developers. Yeah, yeah, that's built into that. I don't just mean yeah. with consumers. I mean with developer targeting. Because, like, because, um, it's not the same kind of situation like with the mid-gen consoles, where the mid-gen consoles are explicitly designed kind of to be underutilized. Um, you're only they're only going to be targeting, you know, a smaller fraction of the market. Um, you can scale up a little bit. Um, there's a lot of ways to scale up. It's a little bit harder to scale down. Um, and, you know, with the, you know, kind of spec difference that we're talking about, I'm not sure that just resolution would be enough. And, you know, if they put this thing out there and not every game works right away, it's going to be a nightmare. Exactly. And they, if they developers have to... have to retroactively patch games that they've released to make sure that they're supported... It's gonna it's gonna be a bad situation. Like Microsoft needs to be very clear with developers how this is gonna go and when things are gonna are and when these things are gonna pan out. Because right now it's a weird scenario, and if it's not coming at launch, it creates a whole lot of weird problems for Microsoft. I, I guess I would go one one last thing I'd say about it is I actually think in addition to me definitely not thinking it's a launch title, I would say there's a non-zero chance they just end up canceling the fucking thing. I think I think but I do think a large a large part of that hinges on uh Sony's power position, how close the price point is, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. I, I just we'll see. I just think that if they don't want to be giving a horrible shaft to third party developers who are trying to spec out for launch, there's I, I just feel like it's it's not likely we see Lockhart, but but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, like I said, um, kind of just bringing this around, like like I said, the GitHub leak, leak is very interesting um, for the because it could you know show that Sony's targeting a lower power profile. However, we've also heard um, also like from Jason Schreier recently that these consoles are very very similar in power, which that spec leak. I don't think any developers would be saying that. <laughs> it, um, That's a stretch. E- even if even if the yeah. only difference is the GPU and everything else is identical, it would still be a stretch because that's a yeah. significant like uh, that's a, I mean difference. it's not as big as the differences we we see like between uh, the Xbox One and the PS4 or the PS4 Pro and the Xbox One X. Um, but it's still considerable. Right. So I th- I feel like there's going to be more to that story. And Microsoft might is really just waiting on Sony because I think if they're in similar place with price and power, um, they're going to leverage Game Pass and other you know things that are unique to their to their platform instead of being like, hey, there's you know all these different ways to come in. I I have a feeling they're not totally committed to whatever Lockhart is, and it'll be really interesting to see how that pans out. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. So guys, I you know we we're. We've almost gone for an hour. I want to close on a light, fun topic. I don't want anybody pulling receipts, trying to hold us accountable for this. I want to have something fun here. Outside of Minecraft and MLB, what do you guys think? Microsoft or Sony, who gives an IP to their competitor's console first? That's a major game. So we're talking your Halos, your Horizon Zero Dawns. Where do you think uh, Sony or Microsoft, and which game do you think it might be? Sam, I'll start with you. Hmm, okay, okay, so how do we want to do this? Um, I guess we'll both give one for one in that case. Sure, uh, sure, sure, sure. But also who it, first, I think, is crucial. Sure. Actually, okay, so here's the thing. I don't think either one would necessarily just go first out of goodwill. I think if it happens, and this is a big if <laughs> that we're discussing for fun, I think it would be negotiated and as part of an exchange program. 
basically. Yeah. I, I don't see one of them just going, oh, out of our goodwill. Even Microsoft, as flexible as they've been, I don't see that happening. But And as easy as it is to just point to some of their collections of remastered games, I think that's boring. So I want to go a little more spicy. I think that we could absolutely see Sony bring over God of War, uh, the, the reboot game, and potentially its sequel or whatever to Xbox, and then Xbox would exchange Gears of War 4 and Gears 5. Because it's Ooh, the, that's a spicy because that is here's, a spicy here's the thing. one. Here's the thing. It's the GOW <laughs> exchange program. I love it, and I want to roll it into existence. So I, I think that if you're going to do it, just porting your old collections is boring. Go big, go bold, say we get something bold, you get something bold. Win-win. That, I, I do like that. I think I'm going to be slightly more boring than you, but before I do that, I would say that, that Gears of War is actually a great candidate for it because Gears of War, while it has a campaign, its multiplayer is is kind of something that is niche, and I actually think that, you know, it's Microsoft's big... And, and frankly, it's Sony's new pitch, too. As you're looking to keep your online communities more viable for longer periods of time, keep people invested, potentially keep them spending money longer, you're going to want a bigger player base, so obviously opening that up to as many people as possible is, is crucial. Um, so I think I think I think Gears is, is a good candidate. God of War I think is a harder sell. Um, <laughs> yeah. But but I, I like where your head is at. Um, I, all right, I'm gonna be. So, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Justin. What? Okay. So I mean, I do think the most likely scenario is something like, Hey, Last of Us Remastered and the Nathan Drake Collection go to Xbox. Yeah. Master Chief Collection mm-hmm. comes over to PlayStation. Same. I feel the same way. Like I think, I think. I think we might see that kind of situation, kind of an extension of what I was talking about with PC, where they use, you know, ports to other platforms as a way of marketing the sequel on their own platform in the future. Um, <laughs> just kind of like a petty marketing <laughs> thing between the two of them for a little while. However, that Last of Us multiplayer game, um, I could potentially see like something like that coming to Xbox with crossplay and then you know something like Gears coming to PlayStation with crossplay. I think, you know, those would be games that appeal. You know, Gears is a bit more faster paced. Uh Last of Us is a bit um, you know, slower, more tactical, but I think those have very similar crossover in um in the type of players that would play them. And like I really think that that Last of Us multiplayer game could be a really I think that has the potential to be like the first like big multiplayer breakout hit from Sony and I think they're going to want to put it on as many platforms as possible. That's <sighs> nice. That's nice. I I can I can see that. I can see I, that. I think that would be I think that would be an incredible uh, situation and I think you're exactly right because nobody buys The Last of Us for its multiplayer but it's it's not it's not as tacked on as something that like I would go as far as to say that I don't think Uncharted's multiplayer has ever been particularly great but i think it's fine and like it doesn't sell units but i think the last of us is like actually a unique take on its multiplayer it was like probably the most fresh like you were saying it's the most fresh thing they've got and it sells units for for a single player game you know i think i, I want to joke and say that microsoft's gonna offer crackdown 3 i, I really <laughs> want to joke crackdown really... 3 and knack <laughs> oh my god what, what? please let the meme games Please, Please let the meme games be oh the Oh, God. Oh, God. So, Sony God. offers Killzone Shadowfall. They're like, you know what? Actually, we're good. Cerny. No, the Knack <laughs> collection and Crackdown. Cer- yeah, I, it's just Cerny and Aaron Greenberg for some reason in a room together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Please. Yeah, I mean, I, I, think, I think Last of Us would be a great idea. And I also think that, like, 
I think Sea of Thieves, even though it's an older game, would be a great port because that game is is kind of uh, something that we're gonna see live on for a while. I mean, I don't know how that works in a world. I assume they're gonna keep supporting Sea of Thieves at the same time as they have Everwild going on. But I think Sea of Thieves is a beautiful game, and I think I think that crossplay on PlayStation fits the spirit really well of what Sea of Thieves is, right? Like, obviously it's a game where you control, but I also think it's a game about coming together with strangers. Like, the game makes it really easy to play with people um, and kind of find meaningful ways of engaging with each other that aren't hardcore shooting. Um, so, I, I don't know. I think I think Sea of Thieves would fit the spirit of crossplay so well between Xbox and Sony. But, you know, I, I don't know how likely it is to see that, but I, I think it'd be cool. Ah. <sighs> All right, boys. Do we have anything else before we close out? Um, I uh, w- one last thing, just more something to ponder. Okay. Uh, then to actually discuss. Once we see their streaming services launch, what if both of them put their streaming services on the Switch? So the Switch is like this weird, like streaming battleground between the two. <laughs> that becomes especially interesting in a world where the Switch is about to lose a lot of its third-party ports that it's getting. That's... Yeah, like, like just like this weird, <laughs> weird battleground between them. I, Spicy. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. I love it's, it, especially I... because the Switch isn't going to be able to natively run a lot of these games. Oh God! The, no. Oh, absolutely generation. not. And and moving forward in the next gen, that number goes down to zero. Like it's already. Yeah iffy it's gonna go down to zero real fast sam sam it's a good thing you said that 56 minutes into a recording because if john heard it i swear to god he'd never let you he'd never yeah, let you. well john needs to honor his bet so there's that too that's true <laughs> okay boys i think that'll do it i think that uh people can count on us to probably produce more next gen content as we move into launch so uh look forward to more episodes in the future sam thank you so much for joining justin and i for some uh fun SEGC after hours we always appreciate it man Absolutely. I'm glad we got to round up these little bits and pieces in what I, I presume is going to be our last calm before the storm and, you and would, the damn breaks. You would you would think. Sam, where can people uh, read your tweets and also see your work? Uh, yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at Samuel Talbert. That's T-O-L-B-E-R-T. And you can find everything I write on Windows Central, Android Central, and iMore. Awesome. Thanks so much. And Justin, where can people find you on Twitter? Um, at RoboPlato, like a robotic version of the philosopher. <laughs> Hell yeah. Okay, and then of course, Zach, you can find me at Bearclaw Gaming, because again, I will never let this corny name die. Thank you all so much. Uh, you can catch SEGC live Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, where we have a live show going through the week's news. Also, we have some pre recorded stuff that goes up periodically. Feel free to subscribe on platforms where you like to listen. Thanks, everybody, and take care of each other. Good night. Witcher 3 Combat reigns supreme.